Podcast. Big part of it is the soul's journey back to oneness, is the soul's journey back to source, back to God, back to divinity, whatever you want to call it, right? But that one source that we're all unique expressions of, right? We're all on a soul's journey, right? God breathes out or oneness divine breathes out and we are all created to have our experiences, to have our path to have our unique journey and then god breathes back in and we are sent back into the oneness with this accumulation of all these experiences love experiencing love god experiencing god and coming back to learn and expand welcome to the cosmic love antenna podcast this podcast is meant to encourage you to connect within so you can share your light with the world and now here's your host harrison ma harrison ma harrison ma Welcome, beautiful beings, to another episode of the Cosmic Love Antenna. This is your weekly installment of your inner connection to your outer expression, where my intention as your host, Harrison, is here to nurture the loving space needed to pull back the layers, restricting health, alignment, and love. And today's episode is a is a solo episode, but a community Q&A episode, another episode. I haven't done one of these in a little little while now, and it's exciting to come back and give you the beautiful community, the beautiful cosmic love container, the cosmic love uh, space and, and tribe some love back. And this episode today is answering some of your questions that you've reached out to me with to elaborate on and go deeply on to hopefully give you some loving insights and loving reflection. Today, before we get to that, a few foundations, a few loving requests from me to you. As always today, if you get some value out of this show, you can support the show by doing a couple of things. One, you can share this episode out with some friends, some family members, some people you have in your life that you love very much. When you share the episode, it really expands the conversation. You can also leave reviews down in Apple and Spotify. I'm going to talk more about that in a second. And you can also head over now to the Facebook group, the Cosmic Love Antenna Facebook group, and join the tribe and the conversation over there. Recently, last week, another special announcement that I want to really share with all of you last week and the week before, and a few weeks now, I've uh, I've launched the Cosmic Love Container or the Cosmic Love Mastermind and group program. And this is actually a a private program, private transformation, private tribe, private healing. For those of you out there that really enjoy the topics I talk about on this show, but specifically if you identify as a lost spiritual being that is looking to connect back to your cosmic heart through emotional baggage, through trauma and pain from your past and internal disconnection, in a space of healing tribal love that I host with a big group now of lovely ladies. So if this podcast, if these private, these solo private episodes, the the topics on inner child, ancestral healing, all the things really get you going, then that transformation, that container, that tribe is probably for you. So what you can do is head over to the Facebook group and you'll see some information over there. You can also reach out to me privately on social media on email wherever you feel fit and dm me the word tribe and we can have a chat about if you're a good fit and i can bring you on board and i would love to see if i can support you with that but with all of those announcements out of the way and that foundation set let's 
get into more of the episode today. Let's get into what is ahead, what I'm going to cover on today's Q&A, this Cosmic Love Antenna Q&A. Some of the topics and questions I'm going to answer for you are around themes such as soul relationships and karmic bonds, manifestation, kundalini, rising, releasing negative energy and emotions, the emotion of shame itself, the law of attraction, and a little bit more. So if that gets you excited, stay tuned And as I'm about to dive deeply into them. Finally today, before I get to the first question, I want to give you some love back here, beautiful community. You've left a lot of reviews for the show, and I'm really grateful. And remember, as I said at the start, this is really a way that you can help build the show. And I want to read out one of these beautiful reviews that you have left. This review is from the lovely, the lovely Jennifer Sims. Jennifer Sims with four is <laughs> the username. And Jennifer says, grateful. I've been listening to this podcast for a while. I come from a strong foundation of limiting beliefs, quite a bit of pain, and I can't wait for the next episode. I totally relate. This podcast is more than enlightening. It is an, it is an awakening that we all need. I've also had the pleasure of being coached by Harrison and his connection is a rare frequency of love. I feel love. I feel safe. I feel aligned. I feel free. I know I am writing my own story now. Thank you, Harrison, for bringing me back to the light within me. You know I love you. Well, Jennifer, I love you very much too. And I'm so happy that you've taken the message of this show and all the things I teach so deeply into your space of love and light. And what I would say out to everyone listening is that this is not just a Harrison or a Jennifer thing. This is really something we can all open up to and embrace. So if this episode does it today, if any of the episodes have done it for you, you deserve it. So just feel that, feel that truth. All right, beautiful beings, let's get into the show today. Let's get into the episodes and let's get into this powerful community Q&A. The first question here is actually from my loving father and my dad. And we actually, at the time of me recording this episode, we were having a a chat last night and this question came up on his heart. And I thought it would be a good one to answer here on the show because I know it would really help a lot of you beautiful souls listening because I know that he isn't the only one in this situation. And what this what this uh, question alludes to, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit here of what he asked because there was a lot and I want to give a bit of context. So my beautiful father is going through a separation in his life with someone he loves very much. And basically the crux of his question is when your soul pulls you towards someone with love and you enter that relationship and it goes really well, but then that relationship there is some nastiness that occurs, some challenge, some pain. There's a breakup. What do we then do? How do we then take a step forward? And is it our soul that has taken us to a wrong place? Do we feel we feel a bit confused? We feel a bit like we don't know what to do. And what is the next step forward from a spiritual lens, from a soulful lens? So the first thing I want to say here. <clears throat> is that to my dad and to anyone else that's out there with this topic of relationships ending, you're definitely not alone. And 
I'm going to answer this from two different perspectives. I'm going to answer this from a soul general, a soul perspective, and then I want to add in a, a lens on soul contracts here for everyone. So the first thing I really want to add to this for people that are moving through this kind of separation and 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 relationship ending and this emotional spiritual pain is we have to understand what the difference is between soul and the ego. Because if you are listening to the show or you're starting to take this spiritual deep dive, then you can understand that you are a spiritual being having a human experience. So there are two sides of the coin that you are, the spirit and the soul and the ego and the human mind. So when we make choices, either in relationships like this one or in life in general, we're either making a choice from that soul, soul and spirit or the ego human mind. This can be challenging because this can leave us in that confusion when we end we we end a relationship as in this example and we feel confused we feel like we don't know what to do we feel like we don't know what the next step is we feel like maybe we made the wrong choice and when we can start to learn the difference between the soul and the ego then we can have more faith in one the choices we've made and two the choices we're about to make so let me explain here a little bit of a difference. I like to see the difference between the soul and the ego mind as a river. And when we when we make choices aligned with our soul and spirit, it equates to flowing down the river. So this means this doesn't mean that life doesn't bring us challenges. Right. If you if you if, if you're flowing down the river, maybe you'll hit some rocks, right? Some some currents, some rough parts what it means is that when you do move through those challenges you feel supported right you feel like there is still that flow that's allowing you to move through it with ease and grace versus if you're making a choice from the ego mind right and remember the ego mind is also where a lot of our trauma our pain our inner child our shadows our you know ancestral elements lives if we're making a choice from the ego mind then we're swimming up the stream not only are there challenges now, but it also feels like we keep running into stress. We keep running into walls because it's hard to swim up the stream. Right. So this is how we can start to check if our choices that we've made and that we're about to make are connected to our soul and spirit versus our ego mind from a space of pain and trauma and challenge. Right. So this has really helped me both in relationships, both with, you know, in life in general, we can always check, right? Is the choice I'm about to make, right? And I'll give some more examples of how we can tune into the, the soul in general here in a second, but you can look back at the past choices, right? Were you making choices that were constantly leading to more stress, made you feel like you're moving up the river, or were you making choices that may have been challenging and may have been painful in the moment, but then when you went through them, it allowed for more expansion, more growth, more ease. Right, so that's one way we can move through this. Remember that you can start to tune in in the moment as well about whether the choice is about to come from your ego mind versus your soul and your spirit and your heart space. Right, one of the ways you can do this is by actually dropping into that heart, right? The heart center 
is where the soul and the spirit lives, right? Think of the head, the brain, right? The, the, that, that is a big space of where the ego and the mind lives. It is technically it's a full body thing, but if we want to just make this simple, right? The head, we can equate to the ego and the mind and the heart, we can equate to the soul, the spirit. So in a choice that you are making, what you can learn to do is actually drop into that heart, listen and go inside, right? And ask, is this choice I'm about to make, is it coming from my soul and my spirit or is it coming from my ego and my mind where maybe I have a lot of beliefs and expectations that have been programmed from things outside of me, friends, family, media, culture, religion, etc. Right, and then listen and then look for that ease, that grace, that expansion, that being guided. That's how you know. The last piece I want to add here for you, beautiful father, and anyone else that relates to this question and moving to these relationship challenges and listening to your soul is realize that when we enter a relationship, we are also entering into something called a soul contract in many ways. If that relationship is destined within our soul path, then realize that there are lessons from that relationship that you need to learn. And that can be a step that we can take when we are leaving it. Right? We don't have to jump into another relationship, but now we can start to assess, did I learn the lessons that that relationship soul contract was bringing to me? Right? Because if you don't learn the lessons in that relationship, then your soul, what it's actually going to do is going to bring you another opportunity to heal through another relationship. So what we can do to maybe bypass that, especially if you find this challenging, is now go within without going into another relationship for a while and starting to learn, okay, what, what was my role in that challenge and that pain? What, was, what did I need to see? What did I need to feel? What did I need to forgive? What did I need to let go of? So I'll land it there because I want to get to some other questions, but I could talk about this one for a while. <laughs> But I hope that helps. I hope that gives you some guidance, beautiful father. And I hope this gives anyone else some guidance tuning into this soul-based relationship uh, question with which I know many of us fall into. All right. The next one here, in a, the next question here, and it's kind of related, which is a nice little segue from uh, the beautiful Kelly. And Kelly asked two questions that I'm going to just repeat here, and then I'll break them both down. So the first question from Kelly is, what does it mean? to do what's best for everyone, especially with karmic bonds and breaking chains. And then the second question is, do you have advice for the moments when you hit darkness of yourself and need to love yourself through it? So a beautiful segue here from what we were just speaking about. Right? You can see there's similar themes. Let me... Let me start with the first piece, the karmic bonds and the breaking of chains and the best for everyone. I think where we need to begin with this is understanding what karma actually is. <laughs> In my experience, karma is not a score sheet where you're, where you're being monitored by maybe someone in the clouds of how good or bad you've been. Karma is just energy. Surprise, surprise, right? And it is either resolved, 
brought into love and unity, or unresolved, still in separation, fear, resistance. That's karma. Put very simply. Right? And we can we can have an accumulation of our resolved karma, or we can have an accumulation of our unresolved karma. So when we are in karmic bonds, contracts, or ties to someone, it means there's some unresolved energy there through some choices that we've made that we need to, we have the choice to, right? We're given free will, right? That is also why karma exists because it's free will, right? We can always, we can always make a choice of love and unity or from fear and separation. There's no judgment, but there's karma made. So you can see it and come back into unity or come back into ascension, which I'll talk about in a second. But that is really what we're doing here in a, in a karmic bond. When we start to talk about it's best for everyone, what we are now talking about is ascension. Why do we have karma? Why do we have unresolved and resolved? Well, a big part of it is the soul's journey back to oneness, is the soul's journey back to source, back to God, back to divinity, whatever you want to call it, right? But that one source that we're all unique expressions of, right? We're all on a soul's journey. Right, God breathes out, or oneness divine breathes out, and we are all created to have our experiences, to have our path, to have our unique journey. And then God breathes back in, and we are sent back into the oneness with this accumulation of all these experiences, love experiencing love, God experiencing God, and coming back to learn and expand. That is the ascension process, soul's journey back to oneness. How we get back to oneness is by making choices from a, a love perspective, from a unity perspective. So we ascend our consciousness. We move through the karma, we resolve all of it and come back. But the piece here to remember is that it's a group game. It's a, it's a team effort. Harrison does not ascend unless everyone ascends because we are all a part of the same oneness. I cannot fully complete the ascension until my group does. My soul family does. My my monadic family does. Right? This is a whole conversation we can have, but just I just this is the piece I want to want to make clear here. It's a group consciousness game. So when you're making karmic choices and breaking chains that are best for everyone, that is what it means. Right? You're making a choice for everyone to come back home, to come back to the oneness. And just to make it simple how we know we're making the quote-unquote right choices, because remember, we still have free will, but how we know we're making the resolved choices is it's coming from love and unity rather than fear and separation. The other part of her question, Kelly, that you ask is the darkness piece. What do we do when we hit places of darkness and we need to love ourselves through it? Well. You said it in the question itself, Kelly, is that we need to learn to love the darkness as equally as the light. But those, going back to what we were speaking about, the karma piece, those unresolved karmic bonds, those unresolved, unresolved karmic trauma, those unresolved elements, they're just as insightful and powerful as the, the resolved or the light aspects because those unresolved element, elements have teachings. They're actually the pieces that allow us to ascend. So we must 
in moments of darkness, when we're finding it difficult, it's probably because we're adding more judgment to the judgment or guilt to the guilt or shame to the shame or separation to the separation, fear to the fear. So revert that. Love it. Have gratitude for all that you are. Right? Because you are you are neither the the emotion, you are neither the belief, the thought, you are the divine presence that holds all of that. So be grateful that you get to experience all that you are. So gratitude, love. Another tip I would give here is allow yourself to actually feel it. Feel the darkness. Many of us aren't moving through it because we're, again, ignoring it, suppressing it, numbing it, shaming it. So add the gratitude, add the love, and allow yourself to feel the thing. Feel the anger. Feel it in your body. Bring awareness to it. Another tip I would give here is remember you can bring in support. Remember that you are a multidimensional being that has many aspects of darkness and light. So in that moment of darkness, bring in more of your light aspects. Bring in your divine presence. Bring in your higher self. Bring in you know, the pieces of you that are compassionate and powerful and loving. Right, so these are the these are the, the things that we can do with it, and it connects to those karmic bonds as well. So I hope that helps. Beautiful, Kelly. Let's keep it flowing. The next question here is from the beautiful Ishita, inscribed inscribed happiness on on Instagram. If you want to check her out, the question is: What to do when we are obsessed with manifesting? And that manifesting has now put us in the habit of being in the future or being in the manifesting rather than being in, in reality. <laughs> and this is a, I like this question because uh, I'm right there with you, my friend. I often can get challenged and fall into this trap right, of looking to the quote unquote future, being in that state and not being in the present with manifesting. And a big part of this, in my perspective, is that we have a misunderstanding of what manifesting actually is. Manifesting isn't imagining the future. Manifesting is bringing the future into the now. Right? What do I mean by that? Well, from the quantum perspective, the future and the past are always folding into the present. But this linear time time scale, a time frame, whatever, however you want to call it, that we all perceive is is really an illusion especially when we talk about manifesting so the the future version of you where you have the car or the or the partner or the business or whatever it is already exists here in this present it's folding into itself so how we start to move out of being obsessed with the the manifesting and being in the present is realizing that you manifest in the present So release attachment and expectation of this future event because that future event technically has already happened. The key to manifesting other than that is also moving from expectation into intention, right? Setting it and forgetting it, right? Having the intention that I'm going to embody this way of being that I want to manifest, but then releasing attachment and being open to how the unfolding of that needs to occur. 
So this is really one way we could start to move out of it. I would also add that remember one of the ways that we can actually manifest properly is feeling it in the body, feeling what that space and place is that we want to bring into the into this moment. And that can only be done in the present. So if you're getting lost in the manifesting, obsessed with it and not being in, in the present reality, one way you can move through that is dropping into the body and feeling yourself. And if you want something to change, make it change. Make it into that that future reality that you want in the present. So for example, if let's say, so one of my manifestations right, is speaking more in public places. And what I can do is right now in this moment, embody the feeling of what it feels like to be speaking in front of people live. I can do that right now and I can feel that in my body, feel that in my chest, feel that in my throat, in my stomach, etc. That can put me right into the present and release expectations because I already have it. The other piece I would add is being grateful for the present. Focusing on the manifesting, but also gratitude for what you do have. We often get lost in the manifestations because we get lost in this idea of lack, that I'm not enough until I get to that space. But you have so much around you already. So if we're, if you're getting lost in that obsession, tune into the gratitude of what you actually have right now in this moment. And that frequency of gratitude, funnily enough, is also what attracts more, amplifies more of that, and makes it normal. Because let me be very clear, and this is the last thing I'll say on this question, and then we'll move on. It is normal for you to be abundant. It is normal for you to have all of your manifestations met and more. So if you don't believe that, if you have resistance to that, then that is also something you can work on and breathe through and move out of the expectation and the obsession. Because that is not a, to, to feel normal in your abundant, in your abundant nature. That is not an expectation or an attachment in itself. That is actually what you naturally are. So learning to be with that in itself can help us move through it. All right. So next question here is from the beautiful Karen. And Karen asks, how can we discharge and release the energy and emotion surrounding old wounds and stories? So you've come to the right place, Karen. <laughs> and the first thing I would say to this is, what, what are we? What is emotion? And what is us? What are we? Well, we are energy, fundamentally. And what emotion is, is energy in motion. So when we're looking to discharge and release, release emotion and, and stories and wounds, we must first create the space to do so within ourselves. Most of us are not releasing and letting go is because we are numbing and suppressing and pushing down and ignoring and pretending these things aren't there. So we must do the opposite of that. We must create the space for the energy to move. The second step is to detach from the emotions and the thoughts themselves. Remembering that you are neither the emotion or the thoughts. 
right? You are the presence and the space that holds them. So we not, we must learn to come back to that space, come back to that reality of what we actually are. You are the container that holds the thoughts and the emotions. You are the love field, the awareness that holds those stories, those wounds, those, those emotions. So we've got the creating space, we've got the det- detaching and the remembering of what you are, the field of love, the field of awareness. So that in itself can help us start to release them. But what are some actual tools that we can use? Well, first of all, the biggest tool is the breath, the breath of God or the breath of love. How I refer to it is when we feel a wound, when we feel a story, when we feel that energy in the body, what we can do is breathe in, breathe in the love. Breathe in the love to that space where that tension is and breathe it out. But visualize it, right? Visualize the love coming in and it going to that area of the body, then breathing it out, right? Because remember that where our mind goes, energy flows. Where our tension goes, energy flows. So when we visualize that love that is us, that is also outside of us coming into our body, coming into the wound, the thought, the story, then we breathe it out. This is doing much more than what we even realize. Right, so that breath in itself can create the space. It can detach us from the identification of the story, the emotion, the thought. And it can also help us remember what we are. The space, the container, the love field that is holding all of this. The last little tip I would give here, Karen, is we can also use the body itself, right? Start to shake and move and use our somatic release to help the energy flow, right? Remember that our body is is constantly, it should be constantly moving and, and, and opening and expressing and sh- and. And, and dynamically shifting it through life. So when we are stuck and, and things are staying still, it's because most a big part of it is that we're not moving. So shake it out, go for a walk, connect to the earth, right? Use some, go get a massage, right? Get some acupuncture, get some, you know, somatic release, whatever it is for you, but use the body as the outlet in which the energy flows. All right, so... Thank you for the question, Karen. Hope that helped. Next up here is from the beautiful Marlon, returning question here. Beautiful friend, thank you for this question. Marlon asks, whenever I'm sitting in a room of people such as at work, at a conference, small group, etc., I constantly make eye contact with just one person in particular. I don't even know. I don't even have to know the person, have met them before against my own desire to stop looking at them when my eyes go to their direction and I can't stop. They almost lock eyes with me too. It makes me uncomfortable. Why can't I stop? And it makes me wonder why this happens all the time. I'd love to hear your perspective on this. So <laughs> good question, my friend. And to be honest, there are a couple of things you could add to this, but what comes up for me is two universal laws that we can all apply to life in general, but specifically something like this. And these law of these these laws are the law of resonance and the law of reflection. And the law of resonance states that like attracts like. We attract what we are. And the law of reflection is 
attracting what we are, but specifically attracting that is un, which is that which is unhealed, right? If someone outside of us reflects back to us what we need to move through, we're triggered, right? Reflection is a trigger. Resonance is just like attracts like. It could be positive. So the reason I explain these laws is when we start being attracted to someone, not, and I don't just mean romantically. I just mean it's just attraction in general, which is what Marla is talking about here. We have to ask ourselves why. What's going on? How am I feeling in this moment? What is my body saying to me? What thoughts are coming up or memories, challenges, pains from my past? Because if we can start to ask these questions, now we can understand why the attraction exists. Is this just a resonance? Am I attracted to this person because maybe there are some pieces in me of light that is similar to their light? Or am I, am I, is this person reflecting some unhealed wound or trauma or challenge or pain in me? And that's why I'm being attracted to them so that their reflection can help me see more of myself. So this is something we can start to ask ourselves in these moments, right? Through the feeling, through the body, through the, maybe the memories that are brought up. And we can go deeper into the connection itself. So this is what I would apply to you, Marlon. This is what I would do in this moment if I was in your shoes. Because let me be very clear. One of the main reasons we are here to begin with, as this unique expression that we are, is so that love can experience love, or God can experience God, or divine can experience divine. So the fact that you're being pulled to a connection is very normal. But we have to ask what does the love want to experience? What does the divine in you want to experience through this other person? And to know that this is something you don't have to do in the moment, right? Obviously, maybe some of these questions can be hard to do at work, you know, out and about. Do this later, right? Do this later. Put up your boundaries and go home and reflect. Ask these deeper questions. Meditate on them. And your higher self, your divine presence will give you the answer. All right, next up here is the beautiful Vera. Vera asks, given that shame is one of the heaviest emotions, does shame cover up other emotions or is it hidden under them? This is relation to it sort of holding it in our body and, and moving through it. So Vera, good question. And I think Vera is also asking this from a healer's perspective, a practitioner's perspective. How do we help others move through this? So this is a really uh, timely question for me because I've recently gone deeper into this understanding. And I think a good place to begin with this is realizing that energy, much like time, (laughs) is not linear. One of my mentors, the beautiful Joe Rushton, she explains, and I love it, and this resonates deeply with me, not only is time not linear, time is more like a mushroom or a, a jellyfish. Think of it as like a energy is moving outwards in a, in a sphere, a circular, uh, a, a spherical way. That is energy, like a jellyfish moving in and out, where you can imagine it in the ocean. That is our, we could equate that to our energetic field, the love frequency that we are, but we can also equate that to the emotions that are within inside of us. 
right? And how they are, they add to the complex of traumas and pains that that we move through. So when you're asking, does does shame cover up the other emotions? I would say it doesn't cover up, but it does have a heavier density. So what starts to happen is picture a picture that jellyfish or picture that mushroom. And when you put something heavy in the middle of it, what's going to happen? It's going to impress and start to sink down, right? So it starts to sink down and causes this, this, the middle of the mushroom or the middle of the jellyfish to, to weigh heavy. So it's technically not covering up, but it's, it's the thing that's causing the most attention or getting the most attention. And the, and now it's easy to fall into that one because there's a big hole. So it, it pulls everything else down and impacts all of it. And it shows up in the body like this, right? Well, I do believe that we are all biochemically individualized. There is a theme of where shame shows up in the body. It tends to hold itself in that sacral area, that womb area, that sexual area, that groin area, that lower belly area. And it's because of this phenomena, in my experience, this heaviness, it sinks down into that area. And while there may be other emotions to move through, if we can work on shame first, we're going to release a lot of resistance, a lot of heaviness, a lot of tension, a lot of pressure. Some of the ways we can start to move through shame is, again, awareness, naming it, feeling it, releasing it, letting it move, creating the space. A lot of the things we've been talking about here today. Right. And, and, and really starting to create the space and the, and the expansion and the lightness to allow it to move. Right. One of the biggest things we can do, and this is a resource for you here, uh, Vera, is look at the Hawkins scale of consciousness and realize that we can approach emotions from a higher frequency. Right. Be grateful for that shame. But because that in itself is going to allow it to move, right. Add some love to that shame. Right, these higher frequency emotions, according to the scale of consciousness, will raise our vibration, put us more into ease and grace, and allow space for that shame to move, to flow out, to be released. So I hope that helps, Vera. I'm also going to give so resources here. Definitely check out the Hawkins Scale of Consciousness. He has a couple of books. Uh, the Art of Letting Go, and uh, Power versus Force. I would also look into the Emotion Code and the Body Code, Vera, if you have not already. Those are very good resources where we start to distinguish between different emotions in the body, where they hold themselves, and um, we distinguish between them, which is a big part of this work I know that you're doing. So hope that helps. I hope that helps. Beautiful soul. Next up here, uh, and this is, I think, the final question. Awesome. And I'll, then I'll add some things at the end for all of you beautiful people listening. But this question is from uh, Naomi. And Naomi asks, what, is, what happens when someone is moving through a kundalini energy awakening or a kundalini rising? And this is, first of all, a good question. Thank you, my friend. I know you're, you were seeking support with this. I would first say to this, you know, work with someone, reach out to someone. 
ask for guidance, ask for support. Because I think there's a lot of misunderstandings around this. And one of the biggest reasons for this is, and this is changing in the world, but I think there's still remnants of this in many places. There is an inability to connect the mental health world to the spiritual health world. So it's very easy for us, for someone to be going through a legitimate kundalini awakening and rising, but for us to classify them as just someone who's going through something, a psychosis psychosis or a mental health disorder or a challenge. And do not get me wrong, these things are very real, but so is a kundalini awakening and a rising. So I guess the first tip here I would say to you, Naomi, and anyone else that's going through this is really get guidance. But get guidance from someone that has a mental health understanding and a spiritual health understanding. Right, So you aren't categorized as something that you're probably not. Right, I, the, What I always like to explain here is imagine before we had all of these beautiful mental health practitioners and 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 psychologists, psychoanalytics, all of these things that are very valued in the world. Before we had that, how would someone who had a very legitimate either kundalini rising or a mental health challenge, what, what did they do? Well, they went to see the shaman or the medicine woman or the medicine man. And that practitioner, that being, saw that person for all that they were across their physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual dimensions. So there wasn't this separation and isolation and segregation of what we are. So it's important for us to continue that that perspective, continue that way of handling these kinds of challenges so we don't get unnecessarily put into a box that we aren't, that we don't need to be in. <laughs> but just for some extra tips here around this, Naomi, and for anyone else that has experienced this, a, uh, it's been a while since I've looked into the, the literature and the, and the knowledge of this, but just a brief sort of explanation. A kundalini awakening and, 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 and rising usually refers to that base chakra and that root chakra awakening, the deeper sort of kundalini uh, energy that we all have within us, and it starts to move up the central uh, chakra column, the shushumna, starts to move up the... Uh, and I correct me, please correct me, listeners, if I'm wrong. The ingala and the pingala, I think they're called the two, the Shakti and the Shiva energy that spirals up through the central column. And this is a very normal and, and natural process, but for a lot of people, it can be very quick or very slow. And depending on the speed, we can have different physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual symptoms that occur. And we can have different traumas and pains that might arise. And you can imagine just due to the complexities of it. So we need to, one, like I said, spend time with someone to support us, but two, really take it slow, right? And support our being, right? Through the earth, through the ground, not just through the spiritual heights, but also the physical beingness, right? The breath, we've talked about that a lot today. So bringing in the breath again here, focusing on three words, safety, support, and security, right? What do you need to do for yourself to really amplify the energy of those words? Because they connect that root chakra where the kundalini usually starts. So if we can have that strong foundation there as we start to rise through the channel, then it's going to make it a lot easier. Then it's going to make the the challenges that we may face along the rising, it'll allow more ease and grace to be moved through it. 
So connecting to the earth, connecting to what makes your physical body strong again, right? Through the foods that you're eating, through the sleep that you're getting, through the movement that you're applying to it. These are really big themes of the root, but also what can help us with the, the kundalini rising in itself. The last thing I would say too is really don't don't put yourself in your own boxes. <laughs> so much like outside people can mischaracterize this experience, we can also do it ourselves. We can feel like we're broken. We can feel like we're sick. We can feel like we're wrong. We can feel like this is abnormal and 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 not meant to be experienced. And I'm here to say that you are a beautiful being and this is a part of your natural spiritual awakening in many ways. So acknowledge that truth for yourself and realize that you are powerful beyond all measure. And this is a part of that powerful essence that you are starting to realize itself. So I hope that helps Naomi and I hope that helps anyone else that's going through this kind of energetic expansion. All right, beautiful beings, that's all the questions I have today. I hope that gave you some guidance. I hope that resonated with your heart. I hope that these kind of Q&A episodes, you know, the big mission of them is to really give back to you, give back to the listeners, give back to the community that has supported me with this podcast. We've almost, I just checked the the analytics of the show and we've almost hit 5,000 downloads, which is crazy to me. And I only started this podcast this year and it's really growing and that's because of you. So I hope that this this episode today has given back to you just to show you my gratitude, show you my love for you for supporting the show, getting the getting the tips, getting the guidance, implementing them week to week. And if you're new to this community, I really feel you. And I hope that this episode today shows you my love for for that, for the light that you're giving me, the frequency that you're giving me. Remember that if you have any thoughts and questions and comments today from this episode, I'm always open to receiving them. So you can always reach out to me. It's funny, I had a friend who listens to the show tell me that she loves to message me in the moment of listening to these episodes and what comes up for her. And please feel free to do that. If you're the same, if things resonate, I want to hear, right? This episode is much more than these episodes and this one in particular, but all of them, they're much more than the content, right? There's a frequency behind these these episodes that I released that I aim to hit your heart. So if that if you feel that frequency, let me know, right? Reach out to me on social, email, whatever you feel called to. Again, I would encourage you if you're resonating with a lot of my frequency and the and the themes that I hit on here, connect to the free Facebook group. If you want to go deeper into the journey, you want to be coached, I join the mastermind, the Cosmic Love Antenna Private group coaching program. I'd love to have you over there. Reach out to me and we can have a chat about what that looks like can bring you on board. And finally, share this episode out, right? If it gave you some insights and some tips today, share it with a friend, a family member, a lover that you feel can expand from the frequency of this show. But until next time, beautiful souls, make sure you implement, take action on today's insights. But I'm wishing you a beautiful evening, morning, afternoon, wherever you are in the world. And I'll see you on the show next week for our regular episodic schedule love you thank you for listening to the cosmic love antenna podcast we hope you enjoyed be sure to follow harrison on instagram twitter and clubhouse at harrison ma that's harrison m-e-a-g-h-e-r 
Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electricast production. Electricast. Electricast.